Welcome to College Street Victory Church. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. Everybody online, like James said, thank you so much for joining us online. Um, Yeah, we're just so incredibly honored to be able to speak today and just huge dream of ours to be able to speak to all of you and get this opportunity. So thank you for that. And so like Pastor Matt said, we've talked about can your friends count on you? Can your family count on you? Can your community count on you? And today we want to ask an even bigger question. And we want to ask you, can the church count on you? Can your church count on you? And what does that actually mean? What does it look like for your church to be able to count on you? What does it mean to show up even if you don't feel like it? That's our son, by the way. (laughs) So, yeah, we'll get into that. Awesome. Hope you guys enjoy the message. Sounds great. Let's take a seat. Well, yeah, like, like my wife said, this is a huge honor to be able to speak on the stage here today. All our pastors are out of town. Woo. Yeah. Sustained. Oh, and hi, there. Pastor Matt. Hi, Pastor Charmaine, Pastor Rudy, Pastor Steph. They're online as well watching. Yeah. So why don't we give them a round of yes. applause as well? On our pastors. <laughs> so good. Well, those were some pretty heavy questions. So I'll give a little bit of story about myself, just be a little transparent with you guys today. I remember when I just started doing ministry about eight or so years ago, and I was still learning to live for the Lord. And I wasn't quite there yet, and I was, I was given the responsibility to unlock our church. And to give context, the church that we had, this was back in Okotoks. It was a rental It was place. a rental. It wasn't our own building. There was one set of keys. I had them. So I was just, I was growing in my responsibilities and I failed to communicate that I had a wedding the night before and I was the best man. So at that point, I, yeah, I stayed up till about one in the morning and I needed to unlock those doors by 6 a.m. So, you know, 911 called to my dad, like, dad, help me, you know, like, I need you to pick me up. As a 20 year old. As a 20 year old. Yeah. And then obviously dad, I need you to drive me in. So, um, yeah, he drove us in and got to the church, unlocked the doors. And at that point, I informed my team that I'm sick. I got to go home. So <laughs> went home. I, I bailed on my on all my commitments, which was like set up, tear, tear down, down, kids ministry. Kids ministry. Yeah, it was a bad moment. <laughs> or uh, another time, I, I was... I was framing. I was doing framing. Again, this is earlier on in my ministry. I was I was building houses and I thought it would be a great idea to move like 45 minutes away from where all my responsibilities were to be closer to my job that I honestly wasn't that passionate about even though all my me- my mentors, my pastors when I when I informed them, I did not necessarily ask them. I informed them that I will be moving and I'm totally good. I'm going to I'm going to continue on with my commitments. And what they say? They said, that does not sound like a wise decision. <laughs> and I said, and I, I moved. <laughs> I learned very quickly that I should honor, listen, and respect my pastors because <laughs> they were, yes, you could clap for that. 
They were 100% right because I made my life so miserable for at least a year. And yeah, so yeah, try, I learned to trust my pastors very quickly there. All that to say, if you say you're going to be there, be there. Something that's very important with commitment is punctuality and to come prepared for the battle. With, with ministry, it's often, it's often going to bed just a little bit earlier and not staying up all hours of the night. But waking up, spending time with God, and spending time in the Word, putting on the full armor of God, which is tattooed on my arm. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. And I remember when I first started ministry, we had very different experiences in our first starting out in, uh, in working for the, for the Lord. And so... Actually, my first start in ministry was about one week after going to the church. I met you. This big hunk, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's not how it started. No. <laughs> so I walk up and... So I remember it. Coach Vince, actually, if anyone knows Coach Vince, you know that he's the ultimate connector. He says, you have to meet Delton. I'm like, okay, I don't know who that is. And so walk up and... You know, introduction is, hi, my name's Delton. Can you go grab that and put it in the trailer? That Context, we, we, used to, <laughs> we used to load and unload. We put up church every Sunday. We would, yeah. we would set it load all it up, up and we'd tear it all down and put it into a trailer. <laughs> so I was being a good Christian, delegating work, and it was for the ministry. Yep. So that was it. No long conversation, nothing. But in spite of that... I saw all the leaders around me, Delton included, and um, actually Pastor Matt and Pastor Charmaine, they're our pastors then as well, and we, I saw them, and they were so dedicated, and they are so committed, and they just loved what they were doing, and they had this attitude of, I get to do this. I am here because it is a privilege and an honor to be able to serve others, and I knew that's what I wanted to. I knew that I wanted to be committed to my ministry. I knew that I wanted to be committed to the people I was serving, and I wanted to be committed to God, so I chose to be committed from the get-go, and turned out well, committed to God, and turned committed to you. Yeah, I <laughs> Got won. to be your wife. It's yes, pretty fun. It's the best. <laughs> Marrying your best friend is the coolest thing ever. Yeah. So, <laughs> thank you, Ethan. Um, yeah, you know, it doesn't, it really doesn't matter if you're 10, 50, 70, 80. It, it does not matter. God has a mission for you yeah. should you accept it. Yeah. And there's a parable in the Bible we think goes really well with this teaching. And if you brought your Bibles, feel free to crack them open. And uh, yeah, if you're on version, we can open that up as well. We're in, And it'll be on the screen behind us as well. Wow. <laughs> cool. We're in Matthew uh, 21 to 16. For the kingdom of God is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. After, uh, or sorry, about nine in the morning, he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, you also go and work in my vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went, he went out again about noon and about three in the afternoon and he did the same thing. About five in the afternoon, he went out and found still others standing around. He asked them, why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? Because no one has hired us, they answered. 
He said to them, you also go and work in my vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. The workers who were hired about five in the afternoon came and each received a denarius. So when those came who were hired first, they expected to receive more, but each one of them also received a denarius. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. These who were hired last worked only one hour, they said, and you made them equal to us who have borne the burden of work and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them, I'm not being unfair to you, friend. Didn't you agree to work for denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give the one who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first and the first will be last. And that brings us to our first point. And our first point is that God is seeking you out. He's seeking to bring you closer to something greater than what you can see that's right in front of you. What you see right in front of you isn't everything that there is for you. So verse three says, about nine in the morning, he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. So picture the master as God, picture you as the worker. When you're doing nothing, when you sit back and you, you don't see no work to be done, you just wanna lay back, take a load off, God is seeking to bring you out of that and into the purpose that he has for you. He doesn't want you to stay in that mindset of there's nothing for me to do. So no matter where you are in life, no matter what stage you are, no matter what you've done, God will use you to fill the needs of the church, to fill the needs in your community, in your family, and in your friendships. Point two, God is calling you out. In verse six, it says, about five in the afternoon, he went out and found still others standing around. He asked them, why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? So in this room, how many of you right now feel like you've been in some area of your life just been sitting at idle? There's, there's areas all over. All right, I see hands going up. <laughs> awesome. We got honest people in the room. Don't be... No, don't be embarrassed or discouraged by it. The fact that you can feel it and, and you can, um, you feel it and you know it, it means that you can, you can change it. Motion creates emotion. And I don't believe morning people are born. And some of you are going to be really upset about this. I don't believe morning people are born. I believe they are made. And that can look different for everybody because I know some people work night shift and, and, you know, some people work like, weird hours and stuff and that's okay but it's more about getting up that extra half hour the extra hour and spending that time with God and then put it you know putting him first yeah. and there's a there's a few times it says in the Bible that Jesus got up early to spend time with his father yeah. and you know you can add on to that after you, you you know you spend some time with God invest into something invest into your family invest into your you know, your side company or, or whatever that looks like. It could, it can be a, a number of things. But your difference creates your reward. And if you do the same, don't expect different results. God wants to use the warrior that he put within you and has always been within you. So it's time that we take that hammer and chisel and get rid of the rough stone around us. Yeah, that's good. Where are you called and what are you going to do about it? 
God is calling you out right here, right now. And if you were looking for a sign, here it is. What field have you been standing in doing nothing when you know you could be doing something? And understand this is not a message of condemnation, but of hope. And if you feel convicted in this moment, it's between you and God. So point three is that God is calling you in. Because no one has hired us, they answered. And he said to them, you also go and work in my vineyard. So the beginning of this parable tells us that the vineyard is like the kingdom of heaven. God has called you as his children, which we all are, to go into all the world making disciples. That wasn't an ask, that was a command. To fill the kingdom of heaven. To pray on earth as it is in heaven. God hired you for the work. God has called you to work in his vineyard. So are you going to accept the position? When God is calling you out, when you're convicted, when you're pushed to grow and change, when your capacity is stretched, it's not because God's pushing you away or wants you to feel burdened or wants you to feel put down or condemned. He's calling you into your purpose. He's calling you into your authority as a warrior in his army. So who are we to say no when he's calling us in closer to him? So we're going to ask you again. Can your church count on you? Are you going to continue to show up even when you don't feel like it? Are you going to continue to grow and become the person God created you to be so you can share that growth, share that wisdom, a job opportunity, wealth with the people around you? Or are you going to sit in the field waiting for someone else to hire you? And I would add to that, in the moments where you feel that, that tug on your heart, don't make it a tug of war. Because the only one that's going to win that battle is God. Yeah, that's right. The other thing is that we miss out on the blessing. See, if there's like a, a tug on your heart, you know, when you're, I don't know, you're in a store or something, right? And we, we had this recently. We're in a store and we just feel this tug. We're supposed to pray over this person. And sometimes we do it and sometimes we don't. But I can tell you, if you don't, there's another person lined up to bless that person and pray over them. However, you miss out on the blessing that was originally for you. And every time we don't, we get back into the car and we say, did you feel that? And we each say, yep. And we're like, oh, no. Hey. <laughs> So when he calls you in, don't back out. In verse 20, 12, it says, These who were hired, uh, these who were hired last worked only one hour. They said, And you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. So we're all called in all stages to meet and serve him. If we are faithful and we respond, we get the same reward. I went to a Bible college when I was a bit younger, and I had a, I had a bad experience going to it. And I'm not speaking about, you know, Bible colleges are bad. I don't believe that at all. I think they're amazing. The one I went to, I just had a bad experience at, and it wasn't. It was just the wrong culture for me. I'm very relationship. You know, I like to do a Jesus style, where where he came down to build relationship. Um. Yeah, but I, so I, I took off, I, I, I got out of that college, and I came back, and I wasn't in the best season of my life, I was, you know, I was kind of 
making more steps away from God than I was to him. And I went and joined the pipeline and started working and, you know, living the Alberta dream, big truck and lots of toys. Yeah. So that's what I did for quite some time. And yeah, I just remember, um, I remember working in there. I gained a lot of bad habits that took, took years to, to stop and get out of. And, um, I remember this one day really, really vividly and God just like, I was sitting at home and just like, bam, right in my head. Like, are you going to, are you going to live for me? Are you going to die for this? And I'm like, okay. So I went in the next day and I put my two weeks in. He was calling me out of that situation and he was calling me into my, my life calling. So I got a job at, at Home Depot after that. And yeah, Home Depot for the win. I, uh, I remember driving to work the one day and I had just recently been searching all over the town for churches and I, I just... I honestly I didn't even know what culture meant. I didn't it wasn't in my vocabulary. I didn't know I didn't know that that was a thing. I just knew what I was seeing wasn't for me. And you know, to a lot of people and to myself in that season, I that looked like a setback to me. Turns out it was a setup. Cuz I was driving to work and I was praying to God and I said, "God, I just I just like I turned down a future for you." And I have no idea what this is going to look like. I have no idea. And I remember I was working lumber, and these two bearded, tattooed biker guys walk in, and they start talking to me, and I have Ephesians 6, 10, 18, the full armor of God tattooed on my arm, and they start chatting me up about my tattoos, and I'm like, man, this is kind of weird. <laughs> and, you know, I... Yeah, I just had this whole conversation, and then... One of them asked me, "Is like, what are you, what are you passionate about? What do you love? You know, like, what do you, what intrigues you?" And just, I don't even know how to explain it. It was, it was with this care and this love that I had not yet experienced in my life. It was just so authentic. And they said, "You should come check out our church plant, and come check out our kids team, and and come help us." So those two people were Pastor Matt and Pastor Rudy. So, yeah. They took, they had a little bit of faith in me. It was pretty cool. It led, led quite a ways. We have seen blessing and we have seen breakthrough. We've seen a lot. We've seen together. We've seen a lot of breakthrough. When you invest into God, he will invest into you. Don't wait for the perfect moment. Because God uses imperfect people in imperfect moments. So I'm going to ask you, can your pastors count on you? We are stewards of what we have. Our bodies and our homes, our families. So what are you going to do with what God has given you? The enemy, he wants to diss your credit. Don't let the impure thoughts of hate and rage and lies of I'm not good enough or you know, all those things that you say to yourself that bottle up, change your I am statements. Change them in the morning. Uh, this is one of the first things I, I had to do was I am, I am handsome. I am loved. You know, I am confident. And I, I pray that over my family too because what you speak over yourself is very powerful. 
Um, yeah, so don't let, don't let those things rule over your life. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to brag on our, on our lit crew here. And if you don't know what our lit crew is, is leaders in training. And this is all of our youth that want to take their serving and leadership abilities to a whole nother level. In this house today, on the other side uh, of the building, we have our theater, which is an amazing program, and I love our team. Um, right now, those young men and women, they're literally making service happen over there. We have, we have them, uh, they serve like pretty much all Sunday, all throughout the week. They're doing different things all throughout the week. And these guys, they'll, they'll run camera, they'll do slides, they'll do sound. They, they greet people, they invite people, they speak publicly. And honestly, if our kids can do it, you can do it too. We are made equal. So I want to, I just want to briefly, I want to chat to, I want to chat to the parents and I want to chat to the leaders in this room. And if you don't know what a leader is, a leader is somebody with influence. And I believe everybody in this room has influence. So I'm going to speak to you here. I'm going to tell you a story about a flea. I like stories and fleas are so small and they're a little cute, you know, but a flea has a 36 inch vertical jump. It has the capability to jump 36 inches. And if it's caught and placed into a jar, it still believes that it has the ability to jump 36 inches until it bonks its head a few times, right? And it, it understands the lid and then it, okay, it puts its head about this far. It'll jump about, so its head about this far from the lid. That same flea, if it has babies in that jar, it's born with the ability to have a 36 inch vertical jump. But because they only ever see their parents go so high, that's all they ever believe that they're capable of. So we need to set the path for our kids and not be the lid. Asking yourself, how high can I jump? And ask yourself in this moment, not just can the church count on me, but again, can my pastors count on me? That's good. So our pastors are not limiting us. They aren't even here this week. You know, but they've trained and entrusted so many of us that we're able to make a Sunday happen. And, you know, if we're talking about a flea, you know, they're not the ones putting the lid on us. We're the ones doing that to ourselves. Um, it's a sign of amazing leaders. If they can leave for any amount of time and the church still thrives, that means the church has been built on a strong foundation and not just built on them and what they're capable of. So our pastors don't limit us. We're limiting ourselves by not taking the opportunities that they give to us. So this is the time to be the person helping others, saying, I'm here with joy in my heart. How can I help you? Ask yourself, how can I take a load off of my pastors and our leaders? So my wife and I, we've been doing ministry together for, what did you say, 2.5 years? No, we've been doing it for five, sorry. Just about five years, 2.5 as a married couple. We had, we had a discussion about that. It's 2.5. I learned. The last two... You have it tattooed on your hand. <laughs> yeah. <that's> a, <laughs> I have our, our wedding day tattooed on my hand. So, you know, I'm combing my hair or something. I was like, oh, it is our anniversary. You know? <laughs> Save myself there. 
I still have to add the birthday on that one. The last 2.5 of these years doing ministry together, we've been doing as a married couple. And it has been my greatest honor doing that at your side. When you are faithful to the call, God blesses you in ways that you, you have to keep track of. Write it down. You'll hear Pastor Matt say it a lot. Write it down. Same as your notes that during this service, write it down. Because you retain a whole lot more when you do. And you retain even more when you tell it to somebody else. And exactly. Then you can share it with other people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Matthew 19.29 says, And everyone who has left house houses or brothers or sisters, fathers, mothers, wives, or children, fields, for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. So we did this. We, we put that to the test. And we have seen some crazy breakthrough and some crazy blessing and definitely 100-fold. We've been blessed in, uh, well, we're, we're going to be moving into one of our dream home, which is awesome. So we're really excited about that. We just want a little piece of land and we got a little piece of land. So, <laughs> Um, we have a crazy, strong, and funny miracle baby who's you probably hear during the service here. Um, and we have another on the way. So that's exciting. We'll find out next month what the gender is. So we're really excited about that. Um, our, our kids' ministry has grown from five kids to over 65 on a Sunday on average between leaders and kids. We've made lifelong friends since we moved out here. And what we're doing in this moment right now has been a dream of ours to be able to have these opportunities to, to speak to all of you and, and be on this stage. And actually, I remember, I remember this very vividly. So I don't know how brave you guys all are, but I took my wife on our honeymoon to Chilliwack. So, oh yeah. We knew we were, uh, we were going to be moving out here to do ministry, and uh, well, everything was close, so we, we took off to Chilliwack, and we were standing right where Ethan's sitting there, and I looked over at my wife, and I said, babe, one day we're going to preach on that stage, and here we are. <laughs> and what did I say? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not as much of a visionary. I said, yeah, okay. <laughs> so God was like, now you're going on with them. <laughs> yeah. So again, can your church count on you? Can your pastors count on you? So why doesn't everyone stand with us? For our takeaway today, it is when God calls you in, don't back out. He has something for you. So we don't want to see you bail out before your breakthrough. Now, we've talked a lot about who can count on you. Your friends, your family, your community, and now your church. But we want to talk about now is the one you can always count on. And that's God. We've talked about the blessings you'll see from relationship with him. And the comfort and the joy that you'll have through hard times and the grace you'll have when you mess up. So if this is your first time here then, and you don't have a relationship with God, if you're just coming back to God, 
we invite you now to bow your head, close your eyes. And if you've done this before, please join in. Let's make everyone feel comfortable. And we'd like to lead you through a prayer. So just repeat after us. Dear Lord, I submit myself to you today. The burdens on my heart, I give to you. I admit that I have sinned. God, I believe that you died on the cross and you rose three days later. And I choose to follow you. Amen. I just ask that you keep your heads closed or eyes closed and your heads bowed. And if that was the first time that you asked God into your heart, could you just give us a wave? I just want to celebrate with you guys. Awesome. Thank you guys. Now, the next step we'd like to share with you is about baptism. So we're going to lift this lid while we worship. And if you don't know what baptism is, it tells us in Romans that when we go under the water, we die die with Christ. Our old life, our sins, our past, it dies. And when we come out of the water, we're resurrected with Christ. A new life begins with him. So if that's a step that you'd like to take, Delton and I will be off to the side and we'd be honored to baptize you. If you feel that tug on your heart and you feel that little bit of anxiety that's telling you, oh no, I might not want to do this, step forward. We'd love to chat with you and we'd love to take that step with you. And if you don't want to do that in front of everybody, we'd be happy to do that after with you as well. So We've eliminated all the excuses too. We got clothes, towels, you name it, we got it. We got a lot of people to walk you through this. So So good. Yeah, if that's something you'd want to do, we welcome you up. But why don't you worship with us and enjoy. Thank you for tuning in today and thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time.